All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts and a time capsule of memories of my wonderful friends and people that I've met throughout this world. Uh, we have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she's everything that's what's right in the world. We met maybe 10 years ago, 10 years ago, at this college called East Carolina. And this is Olga Marciela, uh, Cataracha. Hey, what up? <laughs> Shout out to my people from Honduras. <laughs> Whoop whoop! You said that pretty right. Uh, yeah, I um, Good job. I, I've been around Honduran people for a long time. I think that's when I first met you. I was like, yeah, I know all about Honduran people. You, yeah, you, you were. I was very impressed that you knew even where Honduras was. Most people in North Carolina don't even know that's a country. <laughs> I think when you when you met me, I was like, I've been around the world. So when we met each other, I was like, no, I've known. You're like, you're not from North Carolina. I was like, no. Yeah, I didn't believe you. People yeah. Do they talk to me? He's like, oh yeah, he really isn't this this country dude that's been outside the square. <laughs> Shout out to the people in North Carolina. Not all of them are country, but some people haven't been out. I, the funniest thing is my friend got married two years ago, right? Her husband is mm -hmm. Honduran. Uh huh. Right? So and she's from North Carolina. Her family's like North Carolina. Oh. So all these country people came out there. Oh my god. And they're like they're looking at these black people and they're wondering like, why don't they they don't dance? I said because they're Honduran. I said, you wait, wait, wait. Music. wait, wait, she's black or they're black or she's who's black. black. They're both black. They're both black, but the they're both black. But who's American black? So my friend, she's black. She's black American. And then she married a black Honduran. Yes. Uh-huh. And then the black Honduran were wondering why the other families weren't dancing. No, no, no. The black, the black country people, the black, but black people were just like looking over there. They're dancing, but they're realizing why. He's like, what's, what's wrong? I said, you're not playing the right music. You got to get those drums in. Them. Yeah, those people. Them. Yes. So as soon as they start playing, <laughs> next thing you know, you see them just, I said, like, they're Honduran. They're just, I said, yeah, they're black, but they're, they're from Honduras. Yes. Oh, my and God. Yeah, they. You see that as soon as we put on some Celia Cruz, he's like, whoa, what the, we didn't know that grandma yes. was like that. Yeah, you got to put like Banda Blanca, you know, Punta, you know, Punta, is, Punta is the, the traditional uh, Honduran uh, dance. Like, yeah, it's like works. a lot faster than like salsa. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, you can't tell. Like, no, we didn't tell. I was like, yeah, they're not from. I was like, no, they're not from Brooklyn. They're all from Honduras. <laughs> he's all people from honduras that is so funny they're so happy like i love um because usually like the 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 um they're in the coast you know so like when you go to the beach and stuff um i mean like they dance and it's just fun i remember i met this this honduran dude and he was like I was like, man, you're very friendly with black people. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm black. And he goes, it's like, like when I was like really young, like 16. And then he was like, I was like, where's all the black Hondurans? He said, don't worry. When it's football, they come out. They come out of the mountains. He said, he's like, he said, they come out of the mountains. We need our, we need our, we need them to win. We need them to win. So that's when I like got around with all these Honduran people. They're just dancing. I was like, all these people I met, like, like in the Netherlands and stuff like that. Uh -huh. They're, they're uh -huh. all from Honduras. They would just migrate out to Europe. That is so cool. That's really it's cool. Yeah. Las Maracas, the Shakers. Las Maracas, yes. It was like the only oh, Spanish man. club like in like this part of Germany where like all uh -huh. the Spanish girls were over there. I'm like, man. Oh. Like, oh, they're from all Honduras. I said, there it is. Mm -hmm. Have you there. ever been to um, 
like Roatan, the islands, the Bay Islands in Honduras? I have not. Me and my lady have put that on our, we have all these yes. years mapped out of what countries we want to go to. Yeah. Everything. We don't want, we don't like to do cruise ships and we don't do cruise ships. We like to like get immersed yeah. in the culture. Yeah, yeah. Definitely and put it on your list. Peak fluent Spanish is a whole lot better, you know? Yeah. So but we mix it in. Good. So yeah, we met 10 years ago. You were the first person I ever met that was married in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was one of the few. Yeah, it was a little odd, I guess. We I mean, I was young, but like, I mean, we're, we're in the South. I mean, well, yeah, we're in the South. I mean, it wasn't that odd, but. That's the only person I knew that was married. I was like, you're like, I have a husband. I was like, you have a husband? Husband, <laughs> husband? And you're like, yeah, I'm married. You were probably like, what are you, like Amish or something? <laughs> I guess like sometimes like my, I think my grandfather told me one time, he was all like, I married your grandma when I was 16. I was like, yeah. I didn't have like table TV. I didn't have cable TV or anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I did marry kind of young. Um, we married, your husband's mad cool. He, we, we were at the house. We're at the house. You remember that time I fell asleep at your guys' house? After I remember. <laughs> you were like our first guest. I was like, hey, you know, I, I made a friend. Can can he come over? I mean, it was funny. And you guys, so he made, you guys made this food. And I was like, man, I, this food is so good. And next, you know, I was like, I just want to lay on the floor real fast. And I was like, uh -huh. man, you wake me up. I've been asleep for like, <laughs> I was asleep for like an hour on your it floor. It was like nighttime. I don't even know what time it was, but we were just like, what do we do? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, Jared, I didn't even know how to cook. Like, I don't even know what I made. I don't even like, I don't even remember. Like, he I, made I, it was like rice. It was, it was like a whole bunch of food. And I was mad hungry. Next you know, and I was like, man, I just want to just rest for a little bit. Next Aww. you know, like, I woke up and you guys are looking at me. And I was like, did I sleep this whole time? And you guys are like, yeah, we didn't want to wake you. And I was like, dang, this is such. That is so funny. Impression. That is so funny. Yeah, he always, he, he still remembers you. Yeah, yeah, man, those were fun times, though. Like, you guys like, yeah, come to the comedy show. And she's like, you're like, we love George Lopez. And I was like, yeah, same thing. Yeah, that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, we probably, that's that's more of your, you know, your, um, your ambitro. I don't even know how to say the word in English. And my lady's family, making it is knowing George Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know George Lopez? I was like, yeah, I know. Okay, good. That's their favorite comic. Oh, that's not hers, but her family's favorite comic is like George Lopez. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. So what we like to do on this podcast, we like to go back before we go forward. Let's go all the way back and let's understand who Olga is. Who did this? How did you become this woman? Where were you born and where are you from? Oh, well, so I was born in Honduras. Um, and... Yeah, at the age of eight is when we actually moved to New York. Oh, where well, you're at. Let's go back before eight. What was it like growing up in Honduras? Do you have vivid memories of growing <sighs> up and being a... I what do. city were you in? I, I, I'm from the capital. Hey. Tegucigalpa. Yeah. I know, it's a long word. We just say Tegus because it's such All a long word. Too, yeah. yeah, we just say Tegus. Um, yeah, so my, my whole family is just from the capital. So that's where my family is. Um, it was like, I do have a lot of memories, um, but I think more so because I traveled, I always traveled back, you know, growing up.
Um, but I, I have to say, like, I had a pretty amazing childhood. Um, a lot of love out there, right? A lot of love. Like, I remember, like, like, I still have childhood friends that I still talk to today. Like, childhood friends, like, from when I was, like, three. That's cool. Um, that we played, like, um, tag with. Mm-hmm. Tag. Um, like, we would just play on the streets. Like, I remember just, like, being out till, like, nighttime. And, like, I remember my mom, like, yelling, you know, Marcela, you know, like, she would just, like, yell. And, like, then it was, like, time to go back in, you know. And then we would all run, you know, run, run back to the house when it was time um, to go back in. But, I mean, I had a great childhood. Um uh, I mean, it was just fun. My birthdays were fun. I remember like when I was in trouble, like my mom, because the houses in Honduras, they, mm-hmm. they all have um, like fences. What do you call it? Like metal, metal yeah, fences. fences. Yeah. But like, you can kind of see through them. Like gates. So, gates. Thank you. Thank you. Gates. So I remember like when I was in trouble, my mom would like not let me go outside and play, but I could play through the, through the gates. So like, I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time I had on like her jewelry, like without her knowing, of course. Right. right. So I had on like her bracelets, like her gold, like real gold bracelets, like on my hands and Jared. So here I am playing with my friends for my, my neighborhood friends. Right. And here I am like through the, like my arms through the fence and I'm like playing, playing. And one of the bracelets, of course, falls off and like goes through the gutter. Um, and my mom was like, oh my God, like I know I got a whooping that day because she, <laughs> she, she used to whoop me. You got to pop with out. With the belt. Yep. Um, but no, I had a great childhood. Um, I can't oh, complain. What type, of, what type of family did you grow? Was it a two parent household, one parent household? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two parent household. Um, big family, then, small family. No, not a big. I mean, like you mean my nuclear family. Yeah, like how many? Do you are you a, are you the only child, or do you have brothers? No, no, I'm the oldest. So when I was four, my mom had my brother, Eddie, and then so when Eddie was um, yeah, when Eddie was four, is when we moved to the states, and then my sister was born. So. What was, what would you say like elementary school was in Honduras? Was it strict? I feel like Spanish, Spanish schools um, were very super strict. Well, I don't remember, I, I really don't remember much. Um, I know like it just varied, but um, like I went to, in Honduras, it's just, it depends what, Honduras, the, the school system, the public school system is the worst. Um, which is really sad and it has a lot to do with corruption and the country and politics and it's, it's terrible. So I just remember that, you know, it, like I went to private school, but private school in Honduras is ridiculously expensive. So like, if you want your kids to have a decent education, you have to spend tons and tons and tons of money. Um, so I, I mean, I don't remember a lot of it because I guess I was there till, yeah, till second grade. Um, I remember participating in all like the, what do you call it? Like the concursos, the contest. Like field day. Yeah. Yeah. Like field day or like, um, like, uh, uh, 
pageants. I'm sorry, pageants. Like they would have pageants? like, yeah. Like, like talent not, show. Not beauty pageants. Yeah, like talent stuff or like, um, like for uh, the Independence Day of like Honduras, like there was like a pageant and like you would like do it out in front of like the whole community out in the street is what I'm saying. So like you would dress up and it was this whole thing. I remember participating in those. Um, I remember like for Halloween, there was always a, a contest of like the best, you know, best dressed. And my mom, she always, always like handmade my costumes. Like she never like just went to this, you know, the store to buy them. Um, and I always won. I, I don't remember winning like first place, but I always won something, right. something. Cause they were so creative, you know? Um, so, all right, well, walk us through. What's it like leaving, leaving Honduras at eight years old? You, did you know any English at the time or you had to learn everything when you got here? You know what, Jared? I think I knew a little bit, but honestly, when I, when I got to New York, it's like, I didn't know anything. It's like, I knew nothing. Like Whoa. in Honduras standards, I knew English, right? Cause I went to a bilingual private school. Right. But when I arrived in New York city, like New York city in Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn mm -hmm. PS 124. I remember my school. I'll never forget it. Like Bed-Stuy. Um, huh? Is that Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn? I, I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where that, I just know it was PS 124. Um, Jared, I knew no English. Um, <laughs> all the boys, all the boys in the class made fun of me. Oh, I remember wow. one boy's name. He was Puerto Rican. He was like the cutest boy in the class, like blonde, you know, green eyes. Like he just thought he was the stuff, you know, we were eight, you know, eight or nine. Right. So of course. And um, our, his name was Sadie. Listen, I, I'll never forget his name. Like, look how funny this is. I have no idea where he is. I, I don't even know his last name. Like, but he was so mean to me and he would always pick on me and he would like make me say bad words in English. Like he would come up to me and say like, say, say such and such. And like, it would be a bad word. But of course I was like, oh, you know, yeah, of course he was making fun of me. Um, and I had a friend, her name was Amy Martinez. She was Puerto Rican. You know, I'm saying Puerto Rican, like her, their parents, right? Not them because they were born in New York, but they, they knew Spanish. Puerto Rican. They're still, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're still Puerto Rican. Like they knew Spanish. So my friend Amy was, was able to like communicate more with me and she would always like stand up for me. So I remember her like always like jumping in and like, Sadie, like leave her alone, you know, and, um. Um, I remember I had Amy a, Lopez. No, Martinez. Okay, never mind. No, Amy Martinez. That's Honduran as well. But you said Puerto oh. Rican. Never mind. Oh, is it? No, she was Puerto Rican. Did they speak Spanish with you, or they were? Were that? Yeah. Just, I feel like they tried. Is it? Do you feel like it's easier? At least in New York, there's so many people that speak Spanish. So at least you didn't feel like alone, alone. Yeah. No, I didn't feel alone uh, because the the few kids that tried to be nice to me, like tried to speak a little bit of Spanish. But honestly, Jared, like in a few months, like I was speaking full English. Like I didn't need ESL. Like I didn't need any other type of assistance. I don't know. Like I just absorbed whatever it is that I needed to absorb um, to be with the other kids. I don't know. I mean, my teacher didn't speak Spanish. 
Did um, your parents ever explain to you why you guys are leaving Honduras? What was the motive? My mom. So I just remember my mom telling me, <clears throat> like, I remember her telling me, like, you know, you know how the electricity goes out here a lot, like goes out, like gets right. cut off is what I'm trying to say. Translate for me if I can't talk right. Cause my English no, no. sometimes. No, it's not. We have a big Spanish following. So they understand. Okay, good. So she was like, you know how aquí, you know, aquí en Honduras, like the, the electricity just like, it's always like out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. she was like we're not gonna have that problem anymore <laughs> she's like we're gonna have like running electricity you know and I mean like guys like you know we lived in a you know middle class neighborhood you know what I'm saying like okay. I mean my parents built their home like we you know you know what I'm saying like what I'm trying to say is we should not have had that problem is what I'm trying to say Right. Do you so, think Honduras is still like that or you think it's Yes, good? it is still like that because really? I visit Honduras. I wow. have family there and in the richest neighborhoods, Jared, the electricity still goes out. <laughs> wow, really? Yes, it's still a problem. So the electricity, the water, the water, you still have water problems like that's still an issue. Um, so those were the things. So I remember my mom telling me that, that like the electricity, that we were not going to have that problem anymore. And that the water, that we were going to have hot water because like, I remember baths, like taking baths was like horrible for me. Like I remember like the, yeah, cold showers. Like I remember the, the lady that helped us in the house, like she would bathe me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember always like, you know, fighting with her because it was horrible. And um, so they would like warm up the water. Like they would like heat up the water on the stove to like bathe me. But like, I just remember my mom telling me like, this is not gonna be a problem anymore. Like the water's not gonna be a problem anymore. The electricity, obviously when I grew up, like I understood that those weren't the reasons why we came. But, you know, as a child, that's why my mom, like she explained that to me. That's why we were coming, you know? (laughs) How big, how big did this building look like when you're eight years old moving to New York City? It's probably oh just like, what a, you know? You know, and I have visited before, like, because my, my dad's family lived in New York. Okay. From, from, from years ago, like, I don't know, from, from what I, from, I don't know, years ago. So I had visited as a, like a, a toddler, let's say like three or four. Mm-hmm. So I had visited um, New York um or Miami or one of those or maybe both but yeah yeah, but yeah of course no totally new experience um and I remember once we moved like I was the one that had to go with my parents to like the banks to like yeah to translate like anywhere we went it was me and I'm like I don't know English like (laughs) y'all have a bad translator over here because I don't know English but like they use me like and I mean, like immigration, like I remember going into like the immigration building and like back then, you know, back in those days, like, you know, it was okay to do stuff like that. Like I was the interpreter, like, yeah, like in immigration at the banks and um, crazy. Yeah. Pretty How crazy. How scary is that? That's scary. Like know that or you kind of have to grow up fast, you know? Yeah. It was scary because I remember like also my dad because of course he's nervous right right we're in this huge city like everyone's life has changed 
So I remember when I didn't understand something, like I remember my dad getting frustrated, like, like, why aren't you understanding? You know, and I'm just like, like, I don't, you know, like I could only understand, but so much, you know, I mean, I could not Mind understand yourself, more yeah. than what I was understanding. <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's, yeah, that's probably what a lot of people, a lot of people don't think about like immigrating here, how hard it is, especially for like children or for adults, because learning TV English is completely different than having a bank transaction. No. And Jared, like an eight year old mind, like parents think, or maybe not all of them, like you say back in the day, your parents thought, yeah, like I guess my parents, which my mom understood because my mom was a psychologist, like of course her background, a lot different than, you know, maybe my dad's, <laughs> um, but like most parents think, oh, they know English, like they can, but no, no, like just because you know English does not mean that a child can process what an adult is saying, you know, like it, it just doesn't, uh, just doesn't translate the same. How hard was it for your parents to like be these these different uh, socioeconomic status in Honduras and coming to America and like restarting and Jared. not respecting their degree? I feel like that's the most. Jared, it was terrible. Jared, I have to say, and you know, me and my husband talk about this, like not a lot, but we've talked about this because we, I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about this before and like, I feel like it's so much easier coming to America when you don't have a degree, when you don't have a legal status, to be honest with you, than when you do. Um, and I'll be honest with you, because like in my parents' situation, like my dad and I, my husband knows more about what he used to do in Honduras, but he was the um, something with the international bank, like the, the Honduras bank. Mm -hmm. My dad was like an auditor. I don't know what, I don't know what it's called, but he had like a pretty high ranking position for the banking system in Honduras. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Um, so like my dad worked in the political system basically. Right. Um, and to go from that to, you know, walking around the streets of New York, just looking for any random job. Um, it was, it was pretty devastating. Um, the penalty for coming to America, cause some people, they, you know, some people from different, they think like the gold, the streets are paved with gold and stuff like that, but it's really hard, especially, I remember I had an intern and she was from Cuba and she had a master's and four different masters and she was asking me for advice. I was like, you got all the education. And she was just so frustrated, just like, I got to start all over. Because it's not uh, worth anything here. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's exactly. crazy to me that it's like that. But other countries, you can come from a different country. It's like, oh, your degree's worth it. In England, your degree's worth it. Your degree can, like, fit here. So, yep. like, why, I always wonder, like, why do we penalize, yep. like, these Caribbean countries and these, mm -hmm. these other countries that come here? So they have to start beneath everything else. Yep. And, you know, it's not even so much, uh, like, economic, you know, it's not even, I think for my parents, because we had everything in Honduras, Jared, like, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, we had, I, I mean, we weren't rich, like, we weren't, like, obviously, right? But, like, we, like, we had everything, but obviously they were looking for something better, right? Like, mm -hmm. like most people do, you always want something better. But 
for my parents, I think the the effect that it had on them, it was more um, per, uh, personal, like their their self-esteem, their, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, their pride. Yeah, like Pride was broken, probably. Yes, yes, yes. Like going from being Mr. So-and-so and, and people know your name and people know who you are to now you're walking around these random streets and you're just pretty much begging for a job because no one knows you. Like no one knows you in this huge city. You know, no one cares. No one cares. No one cares that you were so-and-so back in some random country, you know? Right. Um, so it was, it was very tough. My mom was very depressed. Um, you know, you can imagine with a newborn in a new country. Um, I mean, I'm very thankful we had my, fa like my dad's family. We had their support complete support my uncle my aunt my grandma um but it was it was very depressing <laughs> like I, I mean i was only eight but i can remember i can remember like just how sad those first few years was here how so how many like two so you're eight you go through school and you get to nine is it still sad is mom and dad still sad about moving to new york or when do you find like happiness Honestly, Sometimes it's hard when you see your parents sad and you're the one who has yeah. not really any responsibilities mm -hmm. except to mm -hmm. translate. So that's yeah. tough for you, but you can at least take it off and go to school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, honestly, New York, um, it was nice to have our family, but I don't think we were happy until we moved to North Carolina. Really? Yes. When did y'all go to North Carolina? So when I was 11 is when we moved to North Carolina. What was that conversation like? Um, so that was, it was kind of random too. It wasn't planned. Like we didn't know where we were going, but my dad was done with New York. He was like, I'm done, I'm done with this place. Right. Um, and middle school was coming up for me. Mm -hmm. Middle school. Yeah. Middle school. Do you still have those, th those three friends that those three friends that you met? Are those still your friends? No, or those, no, I don't, I don't keep up. No, I actually have one friend. Yes. I have one friend on Instagram who I was able to find from from Brooklyn mm -hmm. from uh from elementary from PS 124 <laughs> it's kind of strange when you hit up people that you remember in like elementary school and they remember who you are mm -hmm. they either remember your first or last name they probably don't know the different pictures but they're just like yeah yeah I mean, this guy named Joey I went to middle school I was like you might not believe this but we were friends in uh fifth grade he goes yeah I remember you Oh, right. But he has no hair now. He's bald and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, but I know I knew what his mother looked like. Yeah. yeah I know. You like that. No, so I actually have two friends. I have. Yeah, I, I actually have a guy who I had the biggest crush on. Right. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to marry him. And he's he's my I, I'm friends with him on Instagram. So I have two friends from from elementary school in New York that I'm friends with. Anyways. So we go to North Carolina, right? We're in North Carolina. And I feel like being in the South is a better transition to being in New York City, you know, because <sighs> the, there's space. Yeah. People get slowed down, stuff like that. There's work, but it's not too much work, you know? Mm -hmm. So how was that? You remember going to North Carolina? What was them tobacco roads like, smelling it? Yeah. I mean, North Carolina, I mean, the beginning, was, the beginning was hard, I have to say. Yeah. Like it wasn't an immediate like, oh, we love it here. No, because remember, like, like 
my mom was accustomed to a certain lifestyle in Honduras. Right. We were in New York for a very brief time. It was, it was hard. And then we get to North Carolina and it's like, like a little town, <laughs> you know, like. What little town are you in in North Carolina? Uh, Greenville. <laughs> what? You went to, wait, wait, wait. You get, man, you probably know. I think you probably, we probably might've been in Greenville the same time. It was like nine, it was, um, 99. It was like 99. I was in Greenville in 99. Mm -hmm. That's when we moved. I was leaving. I think I left in 99 to go to Tokyo, to Japan. Mm. Wow. You grew up in Greenville, North Carolina. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Freak. What well, school? If so you're we, in middle school, so where did you go? Did you go to I went, Aycock? No, I went to Welcome Middle School. Whoa. <laughs> I know those places. Wow, wow. I didn't know you. Yeah, Welcome. Some of my friends went to Welcome Middle School. Yeah. There's like EBA Cock, there's CMFs, there's, mm -hmm. and there's Welcome. Welcome was like a newer school. So what's that like going from these city girls to being now you're in the country? Yeah, I mean, it was it was better just because the people were warmer. Like um, we immediately connected with a family who was so nice to us. They invited us to church and like we started going to their church like immediately, you know, when we moved to North Carolina to Greenville. Um, so we immediately connected, right? Like connected with people because we had no family there, nothing, nothing, no prior knowledge, right. not a soul. Um, and you know, like thinking about it, like my parents were really brave, like just looking back and like processing all this stuff, like they were, they were pretty brave. So, um, yeah, so we moved to, um, Greenville and, um, I went to welcome. We were only in that part of Greenville for like maybe a year and a half. And then the flood came. Mm. Oh yeah. Floyd. Yes. I do. Floyd. I was there for that. Hmm? That's when so, East Carolina played Miami Hurricanes and we finally beat them and everyone started running all over the field. I have vivid memories of that. I do not remember that. <laughs> I was not watching. Was that football? I, don't, I was not watching that. The biggest win ever. And I remember just Miami Hurricanes came and everyone in Greenville was like, these hurricanes are trying to come over. And I remember like- and then the, the hurricane whole, came. The whole, no, before, it, was, it came after the hurricane. So the city oh. was flooded. Oh, okay. Lloyd, I remember like people in my middle school, like houses yeah. were flooded and stuff like that. People had like get clothes at school and everything. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. So we moved. So we moved like a month before the, the flood came. Thank God. Um, my parents bought a house in Aiden. Oh, right? Aiden Griffin? <laughs> Aiden, yeah. Wow. They got a nice party Aiden. there. Aiden, North Carolina. Yep. So we moved and then of course the flood came and then our old little, you know, mobile home that we moved in when we moved to Greenville, like just, you know, got, yeah, yeah, just wow. went away. Um, yeah. So we, we lived in Aiden and that's where we, you know, so I guess once we were in Aiden is where, where things like, where our, you know, where we really just kind of like, um, I feel like Aiden is a smaller town than Greenville. People go to Greenville. Oh, yeah. Greenville's like the big city. If you're on Eastern North Carolina, yeah. Aiden is like, whoa, what? Yeah. Why? Aiden's. I just drive through this whole town already. Aiden's little, but like, I don't say I'm from Aiden. Like, like here in Houston, like I don't tell people I'm from Aiden. 
I say I'm from Greenville because, I mean. That's what everybody reps. Aiden's next to Greenville. And I mean, you know, like Aiden's so little, like, you know, no one really knows what Aiden is. But anyway. North Carolina. And I was like, Aiden Griffin? It's like a two-name thing. As soon as you're Aiden, there's always a Griffin to it. Aiden Griffin, yeah. But I like Aiden better, I have to say. Aiden. I'm glad I'm part of the Aiden Club, not the Griffin Club. Aiden. So you so you guys leave North Carolina because that hurricane was crazy. Like it took it took out homes. It took Greenville, out Greenville, yes. It took out that yeah, city. It, it was underwater. It was terrible. Yeah, I remember. It was it was really sad, which yeah. Yeah. So you get what's what's it like being in your first house? What's the first house like? Um I mean in America, we just, not like it's Honduras, you know, clearly it's maybe yeah. not Honduras, but it's at least there's like electricity in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were, you know, we were just thankful, I think, to, like, be more settled, I guess, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fine. I mean, um, like, I, I always remember, like, having the, the parades, because the, like, the Collard Festival, mm-hmm. Collard Festival Parade Collard, was yeah. always on the Main Street, and our house was on the Main Street. So, like, you know, we have really nice memories. Um did you have your own room? Well, no, my sister, me and my sister shared our room. So I mean, me and my sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just me and my sister. And then of course my brother had his room. Um, a den, living room? Yeah, 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 like normal. When, but when does it feel like home? When does it feel like, all right, we're finally- Well, that was, that, that was home. That was home. Yeah, that was home. Does the confidence come back in your dad? Is your dad like a whole lot more confident now? Yeah, yeah. That's that's where like yeah, like my dad, and then like my dad. Um, I mean my mom and my dad, and then of course my mom. After a few like years of being in North Carolina, like then she finds the job that she like loves, um, which, you know, she ended up working at Biden, uh, you know, at the hospital, mm-hmm. um, and she ended up working in the lactation department. So she was like assisting, you know, moms with their breastfeeding needs. Um, so my mom was like that person that every Spanish speaking mother that had a baby at Viden Medical Center or Pitt County Memorial, because that's what it used to be called. Yep. So everyone that had a baby like came in touch with my mom. So my mom like saw thousands upon thousands upon thousands of babies because, you know, like all the surrounding towns came to Greenville because there's no, there's no other really hospitals around there. So, um, and so yeah, my mom felt at home having someone speak Spanish with them inside the, yes. the more comfortable in that hospital, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my mom really, um, so she loved her job and like, she really, um, I feel like, like, I mean, there was, there was interpreters, but like, I feel like the hospital grew more, like my mom helped kind of like the hospital grow Mm -hmm. just because it was like, um, like there's this person that like actually is personable, you know, and, um, you know, um, anyway, so my mom really loved her job and I I know she impacted like so many people that I will never meet in the community. Um, so yeah, she, she settled into her job and then, you know, my dad of course had jobs that he settled into. So like, I guess Greenville was the place where both of my parents, you know, were able to like settle into and like, 
become get a part back. of the community. This is where they first, they felt yes. like they belonged. Yes, yes, yes. So they, they recovered a lot of what they had lost, like in New York or, you know, uh, those prior years, because those, those first years were very rough. Um, what, so when do you feel like you belong? When you get to middle school, you're in Aiden, you're going to middle school. When do you immediately fit in or are the kids nice? Because when I moved to North Carolina, most of the kids were mean as F in Sad Green. All those kids were mean. I was always, I was always fighting all the time. And my grandmother was from Greenville and she didn't make it any better. She's like, you got to go over there and punch him in his face. I'm like, what? You got to do it. Once you do it, he'll leave you alone. Don't stop bothering you. I walked up and hit him. I was like, you didn't tell me he's going to hit me back. So we were just like tussling. Aww. We were like tussling. And then I remember my grand. I told my grandmother the boy's name and she called his grandma. She goes, I know his grandma. Hold on. She calls his grandma and his grandma's just saying like, well, you know, he ain't been the same. His daddy done walked out on him and his daddy really Aww. is the mailman and sees him every day, but he don't even know it. I heard this whole conversation and then when I went to go fight him I said that to him and he just got so mad he just attacked me oh my god Jerry like, you're just mad because your dad doesn't love you and he's the mailman he sees you every day and you're too stupid to know that and I remember him charging at me and we started doing it and my grandma was like why would you say something like that I was like you oh told me god. to hurt his feelings because I didn't say to say my business Oh my God! Like what? She said. I remember my grandma was like, "Why would you tell him that?" I was like, "You told me to hurt him. That's what I was that trying to do." That is hilarious. But I remember just Green Villians. That's what we used to call them. Green, green Villians. Green Villians, man. And I was that, like, that man, Southern yeah. hospitality, huh? Then after a while, you fit in. But it was always this thing of just like, all right, you're the new kid. You're getting mm -hmm. in. So what was your new kid experience being out there? Um, I have to say, like, honestly. I, I was just never that kid that like, like I, I was always, I mean, I've always been kind of very outgoing or just very friendly, I guess. Um, Were there I, a lot of Spanish speakers in your school? No, no, there was not a lot of, there was not a lot of Spanish speakers. So I guess when we moved to Aiden, I went to Aiden Middle School, right? For, I guess, I guess for two years. Yeah, for two years or maybe one. Um, so no, I, I didn't feel weird at all. I didn't feel awkward. Um, I guess, I think my, my awkward stage was in welcome middle school. Um, I remember there was like two mean girls on my bus, um, and they just happened to be me Mexican and they were just mean to me. Um, they would like pull my hair and stuff. They were just mean. Um, <laughs> spoke Spanish, right? They, they didn't feel that camaraderie. Yeah. It was like, Hey, we're yeah, they spoke Spanish, and I mean, they knew I spoke Spanish. I mean, they were just mean. But no, Aiden, no, Aiden was, I didn't get that from Aiden. But yeah, no, there wasn't a lot of Spanish-speaking people. Uh, once I went to high school, then it was like a small clique of like, mostly people from Mexico, like kids that had come from like Mexico, you know, like they were like first, no, they're not first generation because like migrant workers. Yeah, like their parents were migrant workers and they were they didn't like speak English and like they were like recently migrated. So like I would have like I would be part of their clique, of course, because I spoke Spanish. Um, and then I was part of like the preppy kid clique, you know, like I was their friend, and then like the black kids clique. Like I was I was part of everyone's 
because in Aiden Grifton, that's how it is. It's like the black kids, the white preppy kids, the little Mexican clique, because it's very small. Um, and that's it, because that's all you have. That's the diverse, that's as diverse as it is, <laughs> that's as it gets. Um, but I was, I was friends with everyone. So I never, um, I, I, I didn't really experience much of that. Most of the Spanish I learned was from like all my Mexican, my Mexican friends. And I realized it was all slang and no other Spanish people knew. Understood. Yeah. They said that Mexicans, they speak more, their Spanish is more proper than towards a lot of other people, but they just really? use slang. It's like their slang. It's like how they talk amongst amigos is yeah. completely different. Like cabron. You do not want to say that to someone from a different thing. No. So we, I was like, what's up? I said, ¿Qué pasó, cabrón? And they're like, what, what did you say to me? I was like, what's wrong? And they're like, what, what? And I was like, ah, oh, man, I learned yeah. from uh, from uh, some, some Mexicans Mex in North Carolina. Yeah, and every country has their own, every country has yeah. their own words, diet, everything. And like, it's just, it, it can get messy. But yeah, I remember like, oh, it was like a big, heavy, heavy Mexican community that was like, mm -hmm. Um, like different, like one, this Mexican dude moved in, his family, and then just like everyone, we would always go over there, we'd just have dinners, everything else. I remember his mom's like, Jerry, you eat so much. And I was like, keep having all this food. <laughs> Tomorrow you can't come. Tomorrow you can't come. I was like, all right. Aww. They would bring me over, and that's when I would just start cleaning up. I was like, man, y'all got, oh, man, so much food over here. They always do have a lot of food. But I yeah. remember like being in Greenville, like since there wasn't that many Hispanic people, when there was like another Spanish person, everyone would just bring the Spanish person they knew. It was like, hey, yeah. he's going to be your tour guide. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah, he's going to give you a tour. He speaks Spanish, so you guys should Aww. be fine. Yeah. And I'm sure Greenville has, like, I know it's grown now as far as like diversity, but back when, like when we moved to Greenville, I would be very confident in saying like we were one of the very first like families from Honduras there like a lot of people didn't know what are they just thought every Spanish family was like they got to be from Mexico from Mexico yeah which people didn't really like people with us because we kind of I mean people didn't really know where we were from is what I'm trying right. to say like they didn't know where we were from I mean they knew we spoke Spanish but they're like they were very confused <laughs> Uh, but of course, Mexico, because we spoke Spanish, but like they couldn't really tell where we were from. Um, but anyways. I know because when I would come up to different places and people were just like, don't call me Mexican. I was like, what's wrong? We love Mexican people. Like all my homies are Mexican. Yeah. She's like, I'm not Mexican. I was like, I understand that. But I was like, you asked me to guess where you're from. I was like, I don't want to guess because I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. You know how many yeah. Spanish countries there are in the world? Yeah, there's a lot. Like Spain, what? Do you think I'm an oppressor? I was like, oh, freak. All right, well, just tell me where you're from exactly. Oh, yeah. So that's why I would just always learn different things about different countries. So when I meet other people, it's like, oh, I know exactly. Yep, uh -huh. here we go. I know Honduran slang. There we go. Uh -huh. With all my Honduran people. Oh. So you're, you're in high school, you know, you start to love it, you feel at home. What was it? What would you say like the toughest part of high school was? Um, did school come easy to you or was it like, no, I think it was easy for me. Um, I mean, I had a lot, I mean, I was, um, I was very involved in church throughout like most of my years, like in high school and stuff. Was it like, Catholic I was involved in high school. Sorry. Catholic service, Methodist, what type? Of no, church? no. You know, just like non-denominational, oh, okay. like standalone 
church. Um, so I was like, I was that girl that was like, you know, always like in something with church. So I kind of like, instead of like doing things with like my high school friends, I was always like with my church friends, like doing stuff, going on like mission trips or like, you know, doing theater or, or, um, shows, you know, doing stuff, uh, or like in, in the choir here, there trips, all kinds of stuff. So I was mostly like with church, um, all through my high school years. Did you go to prom? You know, I went one time, but it, I didn't even go to my own prom. <laughs> I was, you know, I felt weird about prom. I was just like, whatever, like, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe, maybe it's because I didn't have a boyfriend. Maybe it's because I, I, I don't know. It could have been, I don't know. But my, um, my very good friend from church, I went to his prom. Uh, he went to Conley. And the girl that he... Conley? Huh? D.H. Conley. Yes. He went to Conley. So the girl that was supposed to go to hit, go to prom with him, like stood him up. Dang. So he was like my, my male best friend. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh my God. And he was like, Olga, will you please go to prom with me? And like, I knew, like, I knew he had a crush on me. Like we were best friends. Like, this is like, there's no discussion in this. Like we're, it was like a, a trio. It was me, Roshana, um, so another girl, him and me. So it was the three of us, and we were always together. But um, how did anyways. you know he had a crush on you? How did you know? How did you know? Yeah, I just that's, that's strange I'm, to be so you're one. He's like, this is my best male best friend, but well, he's like, how did I get in this friend zone? And I'm trying to break out. The reason I tell you this is because by the end of the night you know, it got a little, <laughs> and I was like, wait, like, no, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I just went with you just to be nice. Like this is, this, that's it. Nice. <laughs> but of course, like, you know, nothing happened. And, you know, he, he got the point and I mean, it, it, it was oh, so you turn away, you just turn away from him. He's like, whoa. Of course. Like, God, he's like whoa. my cousin, my brother. I mean, no way. He never knew that. He's like, this is my moment. But I mean, he tried, but no, no, you know, we're, we're like family. So no, but, um, it was cute. So yeah, we do. I do have like pictures, um, pictures. I mean, you know, I look nice and thank God, like a friend of mine, let, let me borrow a dress. Um, you know, and I just pulled it together and I mean, I didn't have a dress. Like I was not going to prom. Like I was that girl that I was like, I'm not going to prom. Like that's ridiculous. Like I was just not into that. You know, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. I don't know what do you want to call it. Maybe I was the Grinch. Cultural reasons or no? Is Maybe like cultural too, but they have proms in Honduras. But you know, again, I, I I wasn't part of that crowd either. So I don't know. I just didn't really feel into it. So we're in high school, right? Do you remember any teachers that influenced your life in high school? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, give yeah. us the first name of a teacher who was like either nice to you or like impacted your world. There's two. So one is from middle school. Mm -hmm. And I actually met him at Welcome Middle School. And then he moved to Aiden Middle School. And so oh, wow. then I had contact with him and I still have contact with him till this day. Um, and he's pretty popular. So if anyone hears this, they're gonna know who he is. What's his name? Um, Mr. Gibson. 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 So he's my, um, he was my choir teacher. Oh, wow. Um, so Mr. Gibson, anyone that, anyone in Greenville or 
anyone in that vicinity, like they'll know in Pitt County, like they'll, 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 they'll know who he is. Uh, but Mr. Gibson um, has touched many lives. Like I'm sure I'm not the only one, but he, um, he's definitely one of those that like, you'll never forget. Um, always Jared, like always with a smile, like, like, like coming into his class was like that that pe that zone of like peace and like love and like he was like a father you know like he was like that father to every child that came wow. into his class like there was no there was no um difference like he didn't treat me different than he did the ne the girl next uh, the girl that came after me or the other, I mean he was the same to everyone like I don't know I don't know how his heart is able to be like that right. he never had a bad day he never was in a bad mood like um and he always gave every friday he gave us starburst <laughs> the little the little starburst the little small ones yeah and i think he would give us like five or four we would count them but i have to say till this day i cannot eat starburst because i ate them for so many years, for, for so many Fridays. Right. But I always remember them, of course, because of him. But um, yeah, Mr. Gibson. And then I have another teacher in high school, Miss um, Dats. Um, Why was she special? She, she was like that cool teacher that like um, all the like, like, like all the girls wanted to be like her and all the boys wanted to be with her because she's pretty hot you know like she's pretty like she's pretty hot and like you know she, she's young so like you know of course but like she's that teacher that like um just made you believe that you could do whatever you wanted to do you know so like she impacted you and like she met you right where you were um and I still like you know, I still have communication with her till this day. So those are two very special people. Shout out to her. And what about your high school friends? Do you have those friends that stuck out that continued past high school? Who are those gals and or um, dudes? Well, we know one of the dudes you put in the friend zone. We know him. <laughs> Has he ever heard this story before? <laughs> have you ever heard you tell the story? I don't know. But that is a funny story. I can see that. <laughs> Oh, oh, hey, what are you doing? Hey. I mean, he knows. <laughs> he knows. He'll he'll know who he is. But I have three. I have three friends from high school that um were are you know um um so two um so one is a guy. So I actually dated him, or we dated. Uh, but we're we're still friends, and um but he's. Did you guys date as adults or just teenagers? No, in high school. As oh, teenagers okay. yeah so we're still friends um and you know we keep in touch you know just whenever but he's um he's a good friend of mine uh but my other two are girlfriends and so one of them um is very special um and you know we lost track but we we've been friends since i'm sorry since middle school right we lost track a few years after high school right um, and then we connected again. Um, and then she actually passed away, uh -huh. um, like, like, I don't, I've, I've lost track of time, but maybe like two years ago or going on two years now, I think it'll be two years in January. 
did you guys have a chance to talk or like oh yeah oh yeah yeah we yeah we yes yes i mean we she came to houston a few times i mean like like yeah like we were like we were on a very close basis um so she was like it's kind of crazy not crazy but like our parents really didn't have that type of communication where they could find friends Mm-hmm. and like keeping contact with them but we live mm-hmm. in a society now where we literally can see yeah. what our friends are doing and everything else mm-hmm. and that's why it's like that's why i said with this podcast like i just want to have a moment where if anything happens like this is a moment where me and my friend had all these memories that we talked about and everything else because you just imagine like man i wish i could hear this person's voice one last time i wish yeah. I could this i wish everything else. so this so what is do you go to a funeral or do you just I did, Jared. I um, so, so I'll you know I'll say her name, Olivia, because you know we we want to say her name because she, she had a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. She is a beautiful person, um, and I know all my high school friends will of course know who she is. But um, yeah, I did. I I flew um, to her, you know, to her service. Um, completely, um, I I spoke with her like no like for thanksgiving i spoke with her thanksgiving like the day of thanksgiving or the day after thanksgiving she called me and we had like a hour long conversation um it was very special i'll never forget it and then of course um the last day of december you know i get the bad phone call um so yeah so you know i fly to north carolina um and she leaves two teenage kids behind. Oh wow. Um so Olivia and I'm I'm mentioning my other you asked me about friends from high school. So my other friend is Paola. Um so yeah. it, it was us like us three were like the like the ones that spoke Spanish or the Hispanic, you know, the ones that spoke Spanish. Um and Paola's like my crazy friend. Uh, Paola's like that friend that like sticks out like a sore thumb because she is crazy and she's not covering it up for anyone. She will make you laugh. I mean, she's she's just crazy. She's from um, El DF, so you know, Mexico City. Um, and um, so we were the, the three of us were friends. Um, so and Paola and Olivia, of course, were very close. And um, so that was very hard. Um, that was very hard to process, of course. You know. Have you bonded with her children? Do you like reach out to her children and stuff I like do, that? I do, I um, do as much as I can. Um, I do her little girl, well, she's not little, she's like a model because she's gorgeous. She's she's 19 for oh, her daughter. Wow. She just graduated high school. Um, wow. So I, I reached out. Um, I keep in touch with her brother and her cousin. And her sister. I, I, I actually keep... <laughs> you keep in touch with the whole family. I do. I actually kind of keep in touch with most of them. Yeah. Her sister's actually very... Um, I keep in touch with her. She also went to um, Aiden Griffin. But so, but I want to say something before, I don't know, our time. I don't know how that's going. But um, you asked me about high school and Paola. I want to mention something about her. Not to end on such a sad note, but... Paola um, surprised me at one of the worst times of my life, um, you know, with the loss of my mom. Um, you know, Paola 
like I said, she was that crazy high school friend, right? Like crazy all over the place, like just wild and fun and like, um, and like, you know, we didn't keep in touch every day or nothing like that. You know, I mean, I have my life, she has her life, she has a little girl, but when, when the, when my mom's thing happened, um, it was like three months later and she like flew to come see me and like, I'll never, like, of course I'll never forget it. But like, I think what surprised me the most is that I was not expecting it because she wasn't one of the friends that I was like, oh yeah, Paola will come visit me, you know? Um, so it's like totally took me totally out of uh, surprise, like surprised me completely. Um, but I, you know, I'll never forget her coming. And Jerry, that was like the first time I laughed. That was the first time I laughed, you know, after what had happened, it was with her. Um, and I'll never forget it, of course, because she really made me laugh. And, um, and I knew, you know, wow, like when something's funny, really funny, like I'll be able to laugh again. Right, <laughs> you know, right. It was good to know like that I'll be able to laugh. Um, and I was able to do that with Paola. So she's, um, she's a very special, um, very special friend. And I want to let you know this podcast is timeless. My, my last podcast, we did four hours. So <laughs> trust me, me and my friend haven't spoken in 20 years. We did four hours long. Oh, how sweet. Oh, That's another special. one was three and a half hours. And then we chop it up to different. It'll be part one, part two, oh, part three. That's so this sweet. Is, this is your life. We don't, we don't rush anyone's oh, life. Any story that you, you want to get out, we're going to get out. You're so that's so what sweet. I said. We're, we're taking our time with it. We, we got free time. Thank you. So we finished we finish high school. We want to come back to your mom, but we finished high school. And then what prompted you to go to East Carolina? Like what was inside your mind? Like maybe I want to go 10 miles up the road and go to East Carolina. <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So I was a very like scared 18 year, 18 year old, right? It's 06, like, right? Huh? 06, 2006. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, because I graduated in 05. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're, we're all on the same. Me and you. Yeah, we're on the same page. Right. I mean, yes. We're yeah, so same. like, yes. So, Jared, like, my parents had to make me get a car. Like, my dad bought me a car, and he's like, you're going to drive. I didn't want to get my license. <laughs> like, I was very attached, okay, to say the least. I was very attached to my mom, and I was very attached to just, like, her driving me, like, I did not want to drive. I was terrified of driving. Um, I had knocked a, a tree down when I was like 15. Uh -huh. It was just, you know, anyways. So my, my dad was like, you're going to college and you're, this is your car and you need to really be independent now. So I knew I couldn't go to like, you know, NC State. Like I had to be realistic. Like I could barely drive up the road. Like I needed to be realistic. So I went to Pitt. Um, I went to Pitt. I was like, okay, let me, let me stick to something safe. Like it's up the road from my house. Like, you know, so I did that. So I went to Pitt for my first, you know, whatever the first years, whatever the, the first two years. Um, and then, I mean, I, I just always knew that I wanted to be near my family. I mean, I just, you're a close knit family, right? There's only five I, yeah. of you guys. That, that's it. It was just us. And like I said, like I was, you know, very attached to 
mainly my mom and I knew that I couldn't go like far. So mom ever telling you just go, it's only 30 no. minutes away. Oh, she didn't want you. No, 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 that, that was not like a thing. Like, <laughs> don't stay like, on campus, come back. ECU is there and that's a great choice. And yeah, like that's it. So, and then of course I get married. Well, back like, then, what did you guys meet? Me and my husband? Yes. We met at church. So we have, so we, so a couple started coming to church from Honduras. Okay. And this couple, so the girl, of course, I, I become friends with her. And, um, and so her husband and her and his brother um, are all from the same school. So they went to the same school in Honduras, the, the same okay. university. So they work in the same company. They went, they went to the same school in Honduras. They live in Greenville. And one day her husband invited his brother and a friend to come to church. And my husband was the friend. Um, so they all went to the same school, you know, et cetera. Walk so, us through the first thing he said to you. Walk us through that. What does he say? Can you pass me the hymn book? What does he <laughs> No. So I remember, okay, so like I sang at church, like, you know, sang like backup singer, whatever you want to call it. Praise and worship. Yes, yes, yes. So I, w I remember being on stage before the service started. And I remember just kind of looking towards the door. You know, it's a small church, so you can see everyone that walks in. And I just remember looking and like, I saw, you know, Oscar, the, the, the brother, like the brother's uh, brother. I mean. Let's name all the people who are there. When Daniel, you Daniel is my, my friend's husband. Okay. So his brother's name is Oscar. Okay. So I, re I, I knew Oscar, like I knew the, I knew the brother, I knew Oscar. Um, so I, I saw him and then I saw a tall guy um, you know, like white, white skin or pale looking skin, tall. Um, and then in my head, I was like, oh, who's that gringo? In my head, <laughs> in my head, I thought he was a gringo. I was like, who's that gringo with Oscar? Like, you know, that's weird. So of course, um, like a few minutes later, like I walk down and then I see my mom like saying hi to them. And then I come over and of course I say hi. Um, but it was funny because at the end of the service, you know, me and him were talking and, um, and like he was telling me where he was from. I mean, of course Honduras, but he was telling me where in Honduras he was from. And like, he's from um, an area called Copang, which is um, the mountainous region of the country, right? Um, but me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's near La Ceiba, right? And then he was like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh yeah, that's near Lago de Yohoa. So like I'm naming the, what do you call it? All your the, landmarks that you remember. Yes, thank you. I'm naming the landmarks that I know of Honduras, <laughs> thinking that they're near that. And he's like, no, no, like they're near none of that. Like none of that. So it was just funny. Um, but of course, you know, like the following night, there was a special event, um, which was a Monday night, but it was a special event. Um, 
and he came in like he came to church but he came alone uh -oh. and he like was dressed up and he had like a tie and like you know yeah. he looked really nice and i was like oh, you know like why is he here and like you know why is he alone and like so we just started like a you know of course a friendship i mean just and then of course well is it a friendship because he clearly did not want to be in the friend zone so let's <laughs> let's back that up like what did he say you know because it's not friendship because you guys got married pretty fast yeah so, so what was he, your family like when they met him were they finally excited like there's a honduran person inside aiden like we're excited in this part of town so okay so yeah so i mean he um yeah things moved of course quickly like we both knew like yes like this is you know yes like you know we both knew um i mean obviously my 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 parents were like they were like you know of course i'm the oldest i'm the first one i'm of course i'm young they're like what like are you sure like you're you know like they were i'm, I'm still in school so like it didn't really go over you know i mean it was not easy it was who not was the easy. Tougher parent, mom or dad, about him, about you guys getting married. Who was the tougher? You like who was the tough one that was just like gave you the most pushback? I think my dad, but um, I mean, you know, and of course he went to the house and like talked with my dad and asked for my hand in marriage, blah blah blah. Um, you know, but of course my dad was like the most like hesitant and like you know why do you guys have to get married so fast, etc. Um, but you know, it was something we had to do at that time. Um, you know, we didn't want to do it that way or that quickly, uh, but it's something we had to do that, you know, just, we had to do it right. then. Um, you know, and we knew that we to were- get thin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for other reasons, but we knew that, you know, like we were in love and like we were sure about it. And it's like, if we don't do it now, like, you know, it's just not going to work right. out later. So let's just go ahead and do it. So anyways, so we did it. Um, but how does your sister and brother take it? Like, oh, now my sister's married. Do you I don't remember. Like they were young. I mean, Before I don't really. Young into you. So she's a teenager. Not that young. You got married at 19, right? No, I was 22. Oh, what? Oh, we skipped a couple of years. Yeah. No, I was 22. I mean, I was an adult, but of course I was still young you know not that young 22 well you yeah. remember so when we met you were probably 21 when you were in college i was when did you go no, to east carolina no because i went to ecu because i went to Pitt for the first two years yeah but i wasn't there two years i was there like more like three going on <laughs> golly that's a lot <laughs> i was there like let's say a good three years at Pitt. okay so you're okay like, you because i got sick well I got sick, so I took like a whole year off. So, so I entered North uh, ECU 2009. I transferred. That's when we met. So, now so I had only Jared. I had only been married a year. I was now I was, it's all coming back to me now. I was newly married. Because I realized your lease on life was so new because you said that you were sick before, and that's why you were oh. so. Do you remember me telling yeah. you? Yeah, we had ice cream. We had ice cream. We talked about it for like three hours. We went to Cold Stone. Yeah, remember that That's we got weird. ice cream and we talked about 
I think I asked you, I was like, Diaz, have you been through a traumatic experience? I, I was probably starting a podcast 10 years ago when I was asking like these questions. And you're like, you asked a lot Dude, of good questions. Ask all those traumatic questions. Because I wanted to know, because I was like, you have a, a unique lease on, lease on life, how like bubbly you are. And we we're talking about that. And I was saying how like I'm from around the world and you were just you know, like, when you have a traumatic experience, sometimes you look at life different. Wow. Walk us through the first time you get well, when you got sick. How how young were you? How scared were how scared? I was twenty one. Yeah, I was twenty one. Um, it was yeah. So I was twenty one, um, and I just remember for a whole week I was laying on my couch. You know, I mean, of course I'm at like my parents' home. I'm not married. None yeah. of that. I'm I still live with my parents. And I remember for a whole week, I laid on the couch. I could not get up. And then my mom finally, she's like, no, like, this is not right. I was on like liquids, liquids diets. Um, so like, why is my stomach, you know, we were thinking it's like a stomach issue, gastric, something stomach issue. So finally, she takes me to the emergency room. And Jared, like, they're like, you have, you have a tumor. And it's so big, it looks like it's cancer. So, you know, like in the emergency room, like they don't, Tell you <laughs> they don't sugarcoat anything. Of course, I'm 21, you know, like, and they're telling me this information. So they, so like the, the week later or like a few days later, like they do an, not, not an emergency, but like, it was kind of like an emergency uh, surgery. Cause it was like scheduled very quickly. Um, how does that happen when you get the news? What goes through your head? What go, do you tell your family immediately? Did you go by yeah. yourself or? Jared, it, no, I mean, of course my mom's with me at all right. times. I mean, I, my mom never leaves my side. Um, my mom, I mean, just horrible. You know, my, my mom petrified, horrible, like cannot believe. So basically I was losing all this blood. My, um, my uh, hemoglobin, hemoglobin yeah so you have to have a certain amount of hemoglobin level in your blood system and mine was one point away from a transfusion and oh, the wow. doctors had no idea where the blood was going um anyways so long story short so you know they they look at the tomb anyways it, it was just it looked like a really bad situation like there was no there was nothing good to look at this i have to say um i was pretty I was pretty solid. Like I, I was pretty like in my faith, like, like looking back and remembering, like, I mean, of course I was scared. Right. But I was like, you know, like, like God's going to take care of me. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's cancer. I don't know if it's, I don't know, but I don't know. He has to take care of me. Like, (laughs) like, I don't know. Right. Um, and um so he did and you know they of course they did the surgery and another scary part is that i remember my um my mom or one of the doctors coming up to my mom and like kind of telling her like hey like you know with the surgery like it could be that you know she loses her chances to like have a baby in the future you know what are you like what are you guys thinking you know and then of course like my mom asked me and I'm like well it's my life over anything like like who's thinking about having a baby when my life is on the line like 
tell them to save me like whatever you know what i'm saying like but they were just of course letting you know like it could be the case and long story short you know of course there was things in there that they had to take out um so it was a very um i was this this far from like losing everything from like all my like my my reproductive organs is what i want to say um i don't know that's probably tmi for the for your listeners here but listen listen, we've you don't you don't even know the stories that we've had on this podcast oh okay good i'm glad it's like one friend she had five brain brain surgeries before the age of 19 oh no brain tumor her name's carla my other friend she talked about having breast cancer so it's Mm -hmm. like Okay. We want, we, you know what I mean? Don't feel like it's TMI because okay. this is your life story. So I know this is your first podcast ever, but this is like your life mm-hmm. story. So like your life story will influence someone else who's probably going through that. You know what I mean? And they hear these specific details to your life and they're like, yeah. oh, she went through that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's on your stomach. The tumor is inside your stomach and your mom's, she's thinking about her grandkids. Does that, does that upset you a little bit? Or is she just thinking like, no, no, no. My mom wasn't. I mean, the doctor I wasn't, was, but, but she's like, the doctor's like that, and you just yeah. The doctors are like concerned. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, my mom was like, you know, like do whatever it takes. I mean, of course, you know, her health is first, but yeah. Um, but no, they were able to, um, of course, save what they could, and um, but it was it was very interesting because uh, apparently it was so rare that like it went into the research mark magazine or whatever because the tumor I, ha- I had two tumors so it wasn't one it was two tumor inside a tumor or no i had a tumor on each ovary oh it was on your ovaries it wasn't on your stomach mm-hmm. oh my goodness yeah it was i had them on each ovary they were massive like one was like a baseball size oh wow a baseball size like and this. the other one was like a three pound <laughs> like a three pound tumor I mean, I, they don't know how or why or. Yeah, it baffles me that no one knows where tumors come from. Yeah, it was, it was pretty. Um, that's why they said cancer in the emergency room, because they were so huge. You couldn't tell where it started or where it ended. It just it encompassed my whole, you know, my whole area because they were they were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, tumors that big are typically, you know cancerous um so yeah that was a very scary moment i have to say like you know did you course, go every- or anything or they oh just- no 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 thank god like once they did the surgery and they took out what they had to take out they took the tumors out um and they found out that they were benign um so no i mean you know of course god gets all the glory because um they were benign you know they were not cancerous i mean i had people praying for me like all the way to new orleans <laughs> You know, like around the world. Honduras, New right. Orleans, New York, you name it, like Florida, Miami. I mean, everyone was praying for me. Um, I mean, it was it was very scary. It was very scary. That, but going through that traumatic experience brought a new look on life. Did you look at having kids differently, or did you like not? That's not a concern anymore. Or what would you felt about that? Um, I mean, at that time you know, of course, for a moment, I was like, oh my goodness, like, you know, it could mean no babies forever. Right. But at that moment, like when you're faced with like, it's your life or bringing something else into the world that you don't know. I mean, it's, of course, you're going to pick your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. so no, that wasn't really an issue. I mean, that wasn't really like a thing. I mean, and I was never, 
at that age, I was never like, oh yes, I want babies. Want, like, oh my God, it. yes. Right. No, like I was like, no, like, yeah, it's my life. Like, <laughs> you know, like save me. Um, so. So this is all at 21 and you meet your husband at 22. Mm-hmm. Did you meet him at 22 or 21? Um, 21 turning 22. I don't remember. Do you think because you went through this traumatic experience, you realized that you had no time to waste in life? So when you met him, you're just like, let's do it. You know what I mean? Because your lease on life, you're just very like, hey, how are you? Like, hey, how are you? And they're like, let's, yeah, let's go get ice cream. We're just talking and we had this deep Aww. conversation about life. And then I was like, man, you really take life by the horns. This is like, no, like 22. Really? Well, that, that's really interesting. You saw me that way. Um, you're like, I'll go to a comedy show. Let's go. And you're like, yeah. I was like, F yeah. Come on, bring your husband. Let's all go. Like, what else you got going on? You're just always down for anything. Really? He was bringing him and he was coming to having fun too. I know it was like hard for him to understand. Like some jokes he was laughing mm-hmm. but other jokes. I know he was like, I don't know what these guys are saying. Oh, <laughs> I wish I was like that now, but I used to, I guess that that's nice to remember. I used to be like that. Well, yeah, we're yeah, early twenties. We're just, yeah. just married. That was like maybe one year removed from your surgery. So it was just like yeah. everything because we had that class with pretty. Remember that? Pretty. That was their, our teacher at the time. She's this Indian lady and she was our college professor. And what class were we in? CDFR, Child Development oh, and Family oh, Relations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we had to do like a play and I was throwing like live snakes on people. And Oh my gosh. That's how, I, that's, that's how I knew that a lot of college, it doesn't matter what goes on. You know what I mean? That's how uh-huh. I realized. She said you had to come and present something as a group. And I literally made a funny play and no one questioned the facts of the play or anything else. I they made just went every- along. I made everything up, but it was just very funny. And she like talked to me afterwards. She's like, that was amazing. Great production. Everything. What amazing production. And I was like, we didn't talk about anything. Oh. All the facts I made up. I was making up that. <laughs> I made were we up in the same thing. group? No, you weren't. You got, you're watching mine because we threw it. We're throwing snakes into the, we're throwing like fake snakes around. Oh and we had like a, someone paint their face blue. We had a, a, a like a blue alien come inside there. Oh my gosh. And I remember just like, la- everyone's just laughing, having a good time. And they're like, how did you come up with this play? And everyone's like, how can we top that? And I was like, no one really understood that I just disguised that everyone in my group was pretty much dumb. I had like, yeah. a lot of, we're like all after like athletes and people that didn't care about school. Yeah. And I was like, listen, just be funny. If y'all just You were the only funny, creative one. Well, just be funny. I promise nobody will even know the fact that you guys don't know anything about this topic. Oh, okay, I miss those right. classes. But it was like CDFR. And that's when you were just like, <laughs> that's when you're just like, wow, what a wild, what a wild show this was today. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, man, those were some good days. So you graduate 12, 2012? Yes. 2012. No, 11. I graduated December 11th as well. Mm -hmm. So you guys leave. What do you guys do? What do you do after college? Um, well. Did you invite me to your church too? Yeah. That's what you said in your church. And you asked me how good is my Spanish? I was like, I know when they're praying for people. Yeah. (laughs) If I hear Jesus, I know who they're talking about. What did I, what did I invite you to? Do you remember? There was a church on, I was telling you the church. I no, went but to, what, was it something special or was it just like a normal service? 
I think it was something special because I was like, I go to Cornania. That was a church up the block that wasn't that. Yeah, far. I know Cornania. I can never say that name, but I know Cornania. KCC. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've been there. You should come to my church. And I was like, yeah, do y'all speak Spanish the whole time? And you're like, you could probably understand. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know Jesus' name in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Oh. <laughs> so we graduate college. Yeah. How, how you're the first person in your, are you the first? you're the first sibling or grandchild to graduate college was it a big event did everyone come no Carolina or was it just intimate no I mean well it was a big event I mean well yeah of course it was a big event because ma'am yeah but um yeah I had a lot of people come um I mean I had like I said like my 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 church family was a lot like my family so I had a lot of people from church there um i don't remember anybody from my family being there i don't think like my grandma came or anything like that like it was just basically like friends and you know mom oh i'm i'm sure my uncle and aunt who live in who live in aiden you know they moved they 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 were probably there but yeah it was just yeah it was it was nice um um yeah i mean it it was just a nice graduation i remember we um we went to my favorite Italian restaurant in uh, Bethel. <laughs> Bethel, North Carolina. Bethel, Bethel, North Carolina has the right. best Italian restaurant. What's it called? La Caseta. Yeah. yeah, I'll never forget the name. Have you ever been there? No, uh, I probably Golden Corrals was my was my steed. Oh my gosh. I wasn't really to this day that me and my lady. She's the more the dinner, the foodie type of person. Okay. Like when I go to different countries, I eat what I know. You know what I mean? Okay. But if she's wow. like that, I'll F up my stomach. I'm allergic to everything. So oh. I'll test everything out and ask their peanuts or anything else. Mm. Well, you're missing out because like this is like an authentic Italian place. And for Greenville, or I say Greenville, of course, it's not a Greenville, it's in Bethel. I say Pitt but County. Yeah, for Pitt County, it's like, you know, not, it's very rare. Um, so yeah, so it was, it's a nice like intimate, you know, family restaurant. Um, so that's where I had like my little graduation, um, dinner and it was nice and I had friends and yeah, it was just nice. But I remember like you asked me what I did after college and like, I had like a real job after college and I cried for three months. What is a fake one? (laughs) What is a fake job? Jared, for real. I cried for the first three months. What was your major in? Um, family and community services, mm. whatever that means. Cause people still ask me and I still don't know what it means. So where were you working at? What was your first real job? Where My first it? real job was at a, at a leasing office. Oh, wow. I know like, um, at a high end community in mm-hmm. Richmond, Virginia, right. As a leasing, uh, leasing consultant, but like, like you always think of like, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on the area, but like in this, in this area, like in this, for this company, like working as a leasing agent was like a realtor. It was basically like a realtor, but of course for their company, right? For their apartment. Leasing houses or leasing cars? No, they're apartments, apartment community. Ooh, okay. But they're like owned. Like it's like, it's this family, very wealthy family from Richmond and they own their own apartment communities. Like they own them. Like they don't just, you know, anyway, so the standards are very high. So anyways, so we moved to Virginia 
right after I graduated. What prompted the move though? What does the hubby says? My, like my husband, yeah, he, he, he like, you know, we like wanted a change and he found a job in Virginia mm -hmm. and we're like, you know what? let's do it like let's try something new right like we're just in that phase of like trying new stuff and it wasn't too far like it was just richmond so it was a couple hours away um so we get an apartment there like to live there and i remember my best friend um she's so funny she was like asking the the lady that was touring us the apartment she was like hey by the way are you guys hiring because my friend you know she needs a job you know <laughs> and she's bilingual and you know, like she just graduated and you know all this stuff and she was like yeah send me send me your resume you know and like I got hired like they hired me so I ended up working at the office where I lived like at the community at the community where I lived at the office of the community where I lived right, you don't gotta go that far anyways yeah no but Jared I cried for the first three months like on my lunch break I would go to my house right my apartment and I would cry why would what's so there. tough about it it was terrible it was so tough Jared it was like it was super strict it was like like it was not like a easy peasy like sit back job and like just kind of like no it was like high stress like ridiculous but anyone that's in this in that field I think they they would understand Okay, but give us an example of the type of stress that you're dealing with on a regular. Like, well, of course, like you would come in and it's like you would inspect, like make sure that the office was perfect, make sure that there was nothing out of place. You would, you know, all that stuff. The system, the computer system that you were working with was like super hard to deal with. Um, you had to do like inspections of apartments. You had to do like move outs. You had to deal with like money and rent and like like all these like different responsibilities that like as a new person that has never really had a a real yeah. job you know what i'm saying it was just like way overwhelming and my manager was very like Strange. you know so she was like why are you standing there waiting for a fax <laughs> and i was like oh oh sorry she's like you could be doing something right now instead of standing there waiting for the fax and i'm like oh oh you're right you know like it was like like, it's like a and it's like yeah, like a customer would come in, right. like a client would come in, you stand up. Like you're not sitting in your chair just like, oh yeah, come sit down. No, like you stand up. Like it's like nonstop, like all day, that that high stress. Um, and like, you know, just in the back of your head, like, you know, the feeling that you're always gonna get fired, the feeling that you're like always gonna get in trouble, that, mm -hmm. that. I experienced that for the first three months. But the funniest part is, I ended up being friends, really good friends with all the girls in the office, like my manager, the assistant manager, which I didn't like at first. I didn't like her. And now we're like really good friends. We even went on girls trips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good of, good of friends we ended up being. Um, so we're all friends or we, you know, we were all very good friends. Um, so that was my my first like job experience after college. How long did you work there for? Um, I was only there for like maybe six or seven months because then we moved back to North Carolina. Why did you move back? What you guys didn't like it or? Yeah, it was just you know, I love Virginia, but 
take us through the first years of marriage. You know, what's, what's that like? You know, like, okay. The, yeah. I mean, the first year was, yeah, the first year was hard, but I think it was mostly hard because I was like immature, immature, like in my brain, like, you know, immature, right? Like how old he's older than you by what? A couple yes, years. He's older. He's like nine. He's nine years older. Oh, okay. So that I have to say is such a plus because, um, he was able to like understand a lot of like my like tantrums and like my, <laughs> you know, just like, he's such a sweet person, you know, he, he's very sweet. He's very kind. He's very understanding. Um, but like, I think the, the different age, the age difference really helped me just because, I mean, I don't know anyone else, but at 22, like I was a very mature person, but even, even though I was mature, um, I mean, you know, marriage is, is, it's not easy. So of course I had no idea what I was getting into. So it was, it was hard. But after that, like first year or whatever, like, I have to say, like, we enjoyed it. Like, you know, those first few years, like fun, like just like taking trips and like going places and like, not, not like, you know, like having to tell people where you're going or like, you know, you know what I'm it's saying? Like just a team, like it's a team effort. When yes. you see, when I see you guys together, I'm like, there goes the team. They're going out to yeah. another adventure. Yeah. And it's like, cool. It's like, you know, like, it's just, so it was fun. Like I have to say like those first few years, like in Greenville, it was fun. Um, and then of course we moved, but it's like, we wanted to experience what it was like to be without everyone that we knew. Um, and I mean, all those experiences of course help, they help you because they, right. You know, and they weren't easy because Virginia was not easy. I cried every time I left Greenville, every time my mom came to see me, like, it was like one of us was like never going to see each other again. Like, it was like, like crying, like, you know, it was very hard, but, you know. So whose idea was like, let's go back to North Carolina, like, forget Virginia. Well, <laughs> well it was his because he got like, you know, he got like transferred and then it was like, and we were like, I was like, I don't like Virginia. Like, I don't like Virginia to live here. I just didn't really like it to live there. Um, so we moved back, um, um, not to Greenville, but in the area, we were actually closer to the beach. So that was nice. Um, so that was nice to be able to like be away from family, but still close. Uh, but yeah. So we're, we're back, we're back in North Carolina. And then where do you start working then after that? So that was a very interesting thing. So that's when I actually get a job in my field. Okay. So I, um, once we moved, I, we moved to, um, Edenton. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Edenton, North Carolina and I found a job in um this very small town called columbia columbia north carolina like neighboring town mm -hmm. and i start working as the um uh advocate for um a domestic violence agency so i was like the i was like the the person for the the survivors like the domestic violence survivors. Like I was their like advocate. Yes. So that was like, um, um, 
super interesting job. Like that was like my first job in my field. Um, I loved working with the people that I did, like the, the agency that I worked with. It was, it was a, it's a very small nonprofit. Um, I mean, it's just like a family vibe and this, this town was very small. Um, so, but that was, um, that was very, uh, very interesting work to do. How did your, so was your mom like checking in on you and stuff like that? Like this is oh, yeah. she's coming by your sister's now she's like 20 something, right? Your sister's like, she's grown. Um, she's four. Yeah. Yeah. A little, yeah, a little bit. How is that changed? Yeah. How the dynamic of your sister being grown changed? Do you guys, are you guys close? Who are the, are you closest to your sister um, or brother or are you still like the second mom to them? You mean at that time or now? Just now, like in general now. Um, I mean, me and my sister are closer. I mean, we're all like, you know, but I, I mean, my brother and my sister are closer. Like they're closer. They, they have more in common. Um, and of course they spent more years together and they did a lot more things together, like going out, you know, part, you know, whatever, whatever you do at that age. But, um, but me and my sister are closer now. Now. Uh, yeah. Because you get to closer now, what happened? Well, because growing up, it's like, I was like the mini mom, you know, like telling her what to do, what not to do. Like, don't put that there. Don't put, you know, because that that's just kind of how you are as an older sister um and of course it's annoying whatever pal pals to your siblings um no but i mean yeah there was probably there was some abuse <laughs> there i'm sure <laughs> there was some physical abuse there i'm sure vice versa though because they i'm sure they hit me or bit me once or twice as well so we're so we get there so when do when do we get to houston as you work at the how are you working at this job how long do you work there for in houston uh, or what no no before you get to houston you're working in north carolina so mm -hmm. what what prompted the move to texas yeah so okay yeah so north carolina and then so first my husband gets you know, a job, like a, a new project, but it's not in Houston. It's in Missouri. Oh, yes. And he's like, you know, like I've been wanting, you know, a project like this, like I'm going for it, you know? So I was like, okay, so, all right, let's, let's still be adventurous. You know, we've been in that kind of like adventurous role, like kind of like experimenting. Um, so we do that. So he leaves, um and then of course you know a few months later i leave but then at that same time my brother got transferred to houston so like his office was like hey there's something in houston do you want to take it mm -hmm. so um he took it and so then my mom decides to she's done like with her job and she's just like you know kind of done with that part of her life and she's like i'm going with you <laughs> this goes to texas yes no missouri missouri okay missouri so and my dad as well my dad's like you know what i'm gonna go work with you know like your husband like he, he was like hey like yeah let's let's just go so they they come oh, with wow. us <laughs> they come with us 
Um, but Missouri, like, it was like nice to start, but like, it wasn't a place that we knew we were going to be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons, it's just, it just was not a place for us. Um, so of course my brother is in, in Houston while we're in Missouri. And then, so he's like, um, you know, after a while, then he's like, why don't you guys just move down here? Blah, blah, blah. And then that was the idea because my mom, you know, her, my parents, you know, we're, we're a very close family and it's just like, for us, it just makes sense for us to kind of be you know, all in the same area. So we knew that at some point we were all going to be in the same area. Um, so we decided to move to Houston. That's, that's kind of amazing how everyone just moves in, uh, moves together, like group, like sort of like fishes. Like, <laughs> let's all move to this pod. Yeah. What, what made your parents say like, we're done with North Carolina. F it. Let's go. My daughter's here. Well, Gernos here. Let's go. Well, my dad wasn't working and you know, green, I mean, like, Not come so on much work there. Yeah. Like if you're from Greenville then you know, and if you're not in the healthcare system and if you're not a teacher, right. right. So there wasn't a lot of jobs in Greenville and he had been laid off for a while. Mm -hmm. And my mom, you know, she was kind of like, I'm done with the hospital, you know, it's just time, right? Like it's time to exit. You know, she'd been there a long time. Um, it, it, just, it was just time for them. Um, so I guess it was just the right opportunity to get up and uproot from the place we had been in for so long. Um, but we knew that Missouri was not the place to like settle, but it was just like that transition area. Um, and you know, luckily my brother of course started here and it was just perfect that we were able to all. What was your brother doing? What's his? Um, he's in. Um, he's in the finance field. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is, is your sister still in North Carolina? What happened to her? Everyone. No, she's she stayed there. <laughs> she's here now. It took her a little while. She's like, I'm not moving to Missouri, and I didn't blame her because none of us liked Missouri. Um, but once we moved to to Houston. Um, she was like, okay, I'll come. So yeah, I mean, of course she, you know, she stayed behind, she was in school. Um, and then she came. So take us to first day in Houston. What's that like? That's chocolate city. That's a big city. <laughs> chocolate and Brown city. That's the, that's probably the most diverse, big city in, I would say in the United States. Yeah. It's one of the most, yeah, I would say it's one of the most diverse. Um, man, it was like, it's like under sea level though, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Those it floods people. every time it rings. <laughs> but everyone loves Houston. Y'all have your own dialect there. They have their own twang there. They have their own music, everything else. Houston, big body cars, big houses, everything else. What's it like? Is it like a new found, like when you get there, you're like, what? This is everything's bigger in Texas, right? It's crazy. Yes. Like, yeah, like, I mean, when we got here, we were just like, wow, like, beautiful. Um, I mean, the, the city is beautiful, right? But we were just like, the greenery, like, you know, the there's palm trees here. Like, we were just like, oh, my God, like, you know, that's tropical. And we're from a tropical country. So we were right. just like, oh, my God, like, there's palm trees. Um, so it was just like, you know, and then the the, the skyline, like the, the buildings and, but 
you're in a city, but at the same time, you don't feel like you're like in New York, you know, like in New York, you know, you're in New York, but here there's it's space like, in Texas. Yes. There's a lot of space. Eight so, lane highways. Yes. Yeah. But so, but that was like, like driving on the, on the interstate here. Ooh, that took me like a month. I would have to say it took me a few weeks to like feel confident because, um, Pedals yeah, it's pretty scary. Pretty scary. Yeah. So hubby gets a job first or you get a job first inside Texas? No. So he stays behind in Missouri, you know, working while I come because I didn't have a job. Like no one had a job. Um, so he's like, I'm going to stay behind and work. You go like try to find something. Right. <laughs> um, so I guess, I don't know. It was like a month or so. And then I found something, um, but it was like a two-hour drive. Oh, two-hour no. drive, like Jesus. one way. That's so, four hours a day. Yeah, four hours a day. Four hours a day. So it was like in that, like it was not in Houston. It was like in a city, like in a town, way far away from Houston. Um, so I worked there for like three months. It was another super stressful job. Like I applied for like a very basic position <laughs> and they, they offered me like the boss position. And I'm like, like, are you even sure you want to give this to me? But like, they had no qualified people. So they needed the help because it was like a new project, a new program. And they just needed like hands on deck, you know, like they just needed people to, to work. Mm -hmm. um, so I stuck with it for three months. I was like, and I cried every day, Jared. I cried every day to work. <laughs> I cried for two hours on the way there, and I cried for two hours on the way back. Um, it was very stressful. It was just, it was a lot going on. But, you know, of course, like, I was very grateful, and they were very kind to me. Like, they didn't want me to leave, and they were like, are you sure? Like, is there anything we can do for you? And I was like, no, like, but yeah. How did your parents adjust to Houston when they moved? Yeah, it was, it took them a little while. Um, it took them a little while. I think it took my, well, I, I think it took both of them a long time. And I actually have to say, it probably took my mom a little bit longer because in Greenville, like, you know, she had her community. Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, she like church and like her friends and like, you know, like, you know, she had, you know, like she had, she had already left Honduras, right? Everything that she knew she had already left. And then again, right. Everything she knew in, in Greenville. So it took my mom, I, I would have to say a while to um, adjust. The good thing about it is that my mom's, one of my mom's like all time childhood best friends lives in san antonio okay which san antonio is like two and a half hours so we would um we would have a lot of like uh weekends over there or um you know so she she felt you know so that was nice yes yes that was nice that she had that my dad i mean you know it took him yeah i mean it took him to some time because like the job market here you know, because there's so many people, um, like for a job that in Greenville, let's say, you know, someone would make $15 an hour, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Here, someone makes like $9 an hour, 
you know, because there's so many people that do the people. same skill. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it took a little while, like the driving, the highways, all that kind of stuff. Do they live with you or do they live with your brother? No, no, no. They, they live on their own. I mean, they have their own house. But I mean, when they first got there, did you guys all live together? Oh, okay. Yes. When we first moved here, we all lived together. Um, and then, uh, my brother moved out. So then it was just the four of us, like, you know, my parents and then me and my husband. Um, and then, and then like my parents, you know, bought their house and then, you know, of course we moved out, you know, and rented uh, a little apartment. So when does, when does he come from Missouri? How long does he stay in Missouri for? It wasn't too long. It was like, I don't know, like a month and a half, two months. Oh, so, well, you weren't that away from him that long. No, no. Yeah. Was that it the first time you've ever been apart from him? No. No, because when he first moved to Missouri, like the initial, uh -huh. he, he, he went and we were apart for like three months. What was that like? Was it tough or just? Um, yeah, it was tough, but I was living like with my mom, you know, I was in Greenville. I was with my mom, you know, with my friends, with my mom. Yes. Yeah, so for me, it was nice, but I'm sure for him, it was not. <laughs> So, yeah. So we leave the job in Houston. We're at the job. We leave. We finally leave the stress. You're the boss. Mm -hmm. Where do you go next after that? So in Missouri, the only good thing about Missouri was the job that I, so the job that I had in Missouri led me to the job that I have now. Okay. Um, so when I moved to Houston, I contacted the program I found the program that I worked in Missouri, I found it in Houston. So when I left the job that I first had in Houston, I contacted them and I was like, hey, like, are you guys hiring? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I love this program, blah, 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 et cetera. Um, and so that's how I got the job that I currently have. Do you enjoy it? Do you like it? I do. I love, um, yes, I love my job. Um, that's good. It's the first job that I like fully love. Um, I, I think I, I finally found that I love like child development. Mm -hmm. um, You're finally in your field. Yes. And you know, of course, yeah, it's, it's, I'm in my field and I love the aspect of child development. Those first like three years, you know, they're so important. So yes. And I get to, you know, of course, you know, like help families with that every day. Um, so yes, I love, I love what I do. So walk us through, you're in Texas, and when does your mom start first getting sick? When does that happen? So she didn't get sick. Um, so my mom, um, so that was like, it was in December. Yeah, because I remember we talked, and that's when we... So that was December of 2017, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going on three years now. So my mom wasn't sick. She was not sick. She was a normal 57 year old. Um, you know, she went to her, to her aqua fitness classes, you know, three times a week. And, um, you know, she had a very active lifestyle. Um, so 
so she wasn't sick. She, she had no illness, no chronic illness, nothing. Um, it was just a normal day. Um, it was a normal Friday in December out of all the months, right, of the year. Um, and she called me, you know, telling me that she wasn't feeling well. So I was like, well, should I head over there? So I called my husband and, you know, he's like, hmm, yeah, you should go. He's like, you should go, go see her. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? It doesn't like, it doesn't sound like it's serious. Um, so I, I was driving. So I, I just changed my turning signal and I started driving. So I called her, I let her know I was driving. So like during all this time, like, you know, I'm on the phone with her, like just talking about what she's feeling, her symptoms, but none of this is like alarming, you know, none of her symptoms are like, you know, weird. Right. Um, and, you know, at some point, of course, I let my brother know that she wasn't feeling well and, you know, he gets to like talk to her. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, I, you know, we hang up, of course, the phone. Um, and then I, I'm, you know, the first one at the house. I mean, my dad's there with her, but I'm the first one at the house. Um, I mean, I mean, you don't know it then because they don't tell you anything. But, of course, there's like, you know, ambulances there. Mm -hmm. Um and then, you know, when I'm driving up, like in your head, like you just don't process that that's like your mom's house and that they're, they're there for your mom. Like you just don't process that. Um, so that, so it just, it was a very sudden thing. Like, um, not. Did they tell you what, what, what happened or do they know, or they just don't know what happened? Yeah, no, they, yeah. I mean, we, of course we found out. Yeah. I mean, it was her heart. Um, there was just no prior, I mean, there was no, she had no con prior condition. There was no, no underlying condition. Um, yeah. How, so when that happens, that happens on a Friday, is there anything that you think back that's something that you should have told your mom or do you felt like you guys had the, you were all, you guys are pretty close. How does it affect different people? Do you feel like you were the closest or everyone has their different relationship with her? Like, how is your dad like reflecting onto it? Because now he's a widow. Now he's, would you say alone now and inside that big house by himself? Um, do, you, do you feel like sometimes since you're like the second mom that the weight went on you after she passed away? Do you feel like that a little bit? I mean, I mean, your questions, uh, 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 there's like a lot of layers to your question, but um, well, it's, um, well, it affects everything, right? Mm -hmm. It affects every, every part of, it affects every part of who I am as a person. It affects, um, it affects every part of my life and it affects every part of my, like my family, like the dynamic of my family. Um, it affects, um, I'm sorry, ask me one question. Let's go back. So 
as your mother passes away, do you feel like since you were the second mom, do you feel like a weight on you? Do you feel like you're the one that everyone turned to? And were you ready for that position? So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I can never be like a, my mom, right? Like I'll never be, mm-hmm. like I'll never be that. But of course, like as an, as the older child, like, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that like people expect from you or, or look at you for, right? Like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have to say yes. Like, yeah, I feel um, like I feel a certain level and I know, I know, like, I know I'm not a mother and I know my, my siblings, like they, they have their, like, we have our mom, right? Like we've, you know, but I, I do feel a certain level of responsibility more than anything for like my sister, you know, cause she's the youngest, Mm. you know, she's the baby. Um, not that she can't take care of herself, not that she's not able or capable, not, not, none of those things. Um, it's very hard to explain. Um, and I'm not a mother yet myself, but I feel like my mom kind of passed down like a, a string of her love mm. for my siblings. Like she, she instilled in me part of a little bit of her love for them and me. If that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, and I know I'm not their mom. And like, if they ever hear this, like they're just going to roll their eyes because I'm not their mom and I'll never be their mom. But um, like, there's things that they'll never know that like I carry with me and I'll always carry with me no matter how old they are, you know? Um, because, you know, she's not here. I mean, well, have you have you noticed that your relationship with your probably siblings have changed now? You know, mm-hmm. you know, probably not saying that you're their mom, but they probably look to you a little bit to be like, this is the, f- the first thing, the thing closest thing to my mom is you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has changed with my sister, um, and she's very strong. Like, mm-hmm. she's very strong. She's very independent. She's more independent than I am. Um, but it's changed with her. Um, I mean, it's changed with the three of us as a whole, but I can see more of the changes with her. Um, and I guess more within myself, just because I guess before my focus was my mom Mm -hmm. and now, now my focus is like my siblings, you know? Yeah because that's, that's the closest thing that I have of my mom is them. So, so now you guys relate. What about dad? How is dad? What, what's it like with dad now? Cause he's technically in Texas alone now. Well, I mean, my sister lives with him. Oh, your sister she's at home. Her. Yeah. That's yeah. She's not, at home. That's still not his wife though. You know, like how is, no, how is, not. how is he, how long I mean, were they were together? They were together like 40 years, right? Yeah, they were together. Yeah, like, yeah, older than me. I mean, yeah, like married older than me, but together more because they they dated a long time. So yeah. Um, I mean, my dad, like, you know, he's not very expressive. You know, he doesn't express much. Um, but 
you know, it's, it's just hard. Like it's hard because um, everything went through my mom. Like my mom was the filter, you know, she was the filter for the whole family. So like um, any, like, it's like we're learning how to interact with my dad. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I know this is not the case in all families. Every family has their own dynamic. But in my family, my mom was the centerpiece of everything. She like, knew him. She knew how to communicate with him. Yes. But like nothing happened without her. Like all the communication with us siblings, all the communication with dad and us, and like everything <laughs> went through my mom is what I'm trying to say. Um, so not having her is, um, it's like learning all over again. It's like my sister learning how to talk to my dad and deal with my dad. And like, it's, it, there's a lot of, a lot of layers, um, a lot of, um, has yeah, anyone got your dad to open up or you don't think that's not his personality? You know, we tried like therapy for a little bit, like family therapy. Um, you know, he, it's, it's just not, not him. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot like, it's a lot to process losing someone. And then on top of that, the new dynamics that, that the absence of that person brings on in the family. It's, it's, it's too much. It's really too much to handle. Right now you feel like it's too much as well. You still feel that way. Um, I think right now it's like, maybe we're just starting to like, you know, address a few things, but for the longest time, it's been like very basic things. Um, still dealing with like my mom's, you know, loss. Um, because it was so sudden, it was just like. No warning, no anything, yeah. No warning. How did it affect the people in Honduras? Her was family? That, yeah, her family. Did they come out or did they? Yeah, I mean, we had, so my mom has one living brother or well at the time she had two but one was very sick mm -hmm. uh, but neither of her brothers were able to come but one of my cousins came um so he kind of represented you know uh, like her siblings i guess um yeah i mean and we had like my mom's childhood friend who also flew in from honduras mm -hmm. um but it was just hard jared because like you know, we weren't in Greenville, you know, and like in Greenville, it's like, we're not from Greenville, but we still had a lot of friends that were like family there. You know I mean? We were there for like 20 years. Right. So like, if this would have happened in Greenville, we would have felt like support. You know, yes. Like a million times way more supported than we did here in Houston. Like we were only here, like, I don't know, two years when it happened or a year and a half. You know, so like we didn't have that very strong support system like we did in in Houston. Do you I'm sorry, think, in Greenville. Do you think that it happened in Houston so you got your family had a chance to like address things? Because if it happened in Greenville, you probably could have kind of like put a code over certain things because you'll be that strict support system. Mm. So now in Houston, you guys are just kind of forced to like all talk with to, each other. You have to like deal with it yeah. together. You're in this bubble together. It's true.
Yeah, you're right. It could be. So that that happens. And when did when did when do you get the the do you ever get peace of mind knowing that she's in heaven or it's still like the loss is still too deep? Um I think for me personally it was like 7 months later. Wow. Um yeah. You know, and of course like, you know, I've been in church since I was like a little girl. So like church is not a foreign thing. God is not a foreign thing to me. Like, you know, I've had a relationship with him, you know, but for me, Jared, it took like seven months for me to like find a little bit of peace. Um, I, I, I don't even know where to begin telling you the way that it was, but um, most of the first few months were you know, it's a big blur, just a big, um, I don't know how I survived because it, it's like a survival thing. You're just surviving. You're just, well, at least you had going. your husband that was there. At least he was there, you know? I mean, at least, I mean, I, I don't know what I would have done without him, to be honest with you. Right. Like I really, um, and I don't talk about this a lot and I don't, I don't, I just, I just don't, but to be honest with you, um, like, I don't think I would be this well without him, mm. like without his support. Um, but like, just, I just, I can't explain it. Um, and it, you know, this affects people in many different ways. But for me personally, like not being able to breathe, like not being able to like, like process my day without her, like not being able to like, I mean, I, I don't know, Jared, like, I don't know how I got through my days. You know, I was off work for a month and I'm so thankful I had that whole month, not even to process, just to survive. But, but when I went back to work, like, you know, people were still very like flexible with me and very understanding, but like there was times when I was driving and I was, I would still get lost, you know, like, wow. You know, like just your brain is just not functioning. It's just not, it's just not. And to be honest with you till this day, um, because I suffered trauma, you know, and um, what we went through is, is traumatic. What I went through is traumatic and your brain, uh, because I studied child development, your brain, when it goes through a stressful event, you know, it protects itself. Um, so like, I've, I've forgotten a lot of things about my past. Um, and I, it's because of the trauma that my brain has experienced, but it does it to protect itself because if not, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what my, what my brain would do. Um, yeah, it's been a very long journey. <laughs> it's been like, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today if, um, like what I'm saying is, a year ago, I don't know if I would be able to have been sitting here with you talking like this. Yeah. Like, so definitely like it's, it's been a very slow journey. Um, it's been a very slow process. You know, my mom, it, it's going on three years in December, hmm. you know, and you know, there's, I, you know, I cried this morning, you know, and it doesn't have to be a special day. It doesn't have to be nothing. Um, you know, but, um, so yeah, it's, it's a very slow process.
what I'm, what I'm dealing with and really what I'm going to deal with for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, at least you got the memories that you can talk to your kids about, you know? Yes. You can share us the times that you guys had. Yes. I have a lot of memories to share. Okay. So this is where we're going to transition, right? These are called the hilltop questions, right? So you can take as long as you want to answer them, even though we've answered, you know, we've got to the point in your life where, you know, we've, you've experienced this type of trauma, but you survived, you know, you survived and now you're closer to your family that you probably weren't before, you know, and now you guys have something, you guys all can lean on each other, you know, these hilltop questions, you can answer them any way you want. You can take as long as you want. They can be short form, long form, whatever you want. Uh, question number one is, do you believe in God? Yes. Who's your favorite person in the Bible? Job. Why Job? Um, because poor Job, you know, he went through it all, right. <laughs> you know, and I can relate with this time of my life and he still like praised God and he still thanked him and he never cursed him. Um, and as humans, like we're so quick to curse. Um, so Job. Job. Uh, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? Do you have a favorite verse? Oh, I have a lot. Um, Pick one. I have a lot, but um, let's see. Well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, that's a good one. That's Nehemiah. When's the last time you had a nightmare? Like this week. What was that about? <laughs> it was about work. <laughs> just because there's some changes going on and like it was just scary okay next one when's the last time you had a panic attack um i think it was a few months ago yeah it was a few months ago probably uh, i don't know maybe like four or five months ago what were you panicking about well, it was my mom. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just my mom. And um, it's those moments, like those really, I, I don't know, I guess panic attack, crisis mode. I don't know what, I don't, panic crisis, I don't know. Yeah, but it was, um, it's hard to find something that helps you come out of it. Um, but of course having like, you know, my husband around at that time, my mother-in-law was here too. So she was also like helping. Um, but yeah, that was the last time I had one. Do you believe in soulmates? I do. I do. And what do you think happens when you die? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not sure of anything. Um, and now like I'm closer to death than I've ever been in my life. And I'm never, um, rephrase that. You're not, gonna... <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm closer to, you see, know, you, you saw it, you've seen the death. idea. Yes. Like I'm closer to, you know, and I, I think about it way more and I, you know, um, I hope that what happens is, you know, that you, um, you know, I mean, the, the way you've lived your life and, you know, who you've given your soul to, you know, you know, that, that what the Bible says is true, which of course, 
that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Um, you know, but our brains, it's just like, as a human, like it's hard to process, right? Like Wrap your mind around eternity. It's hard to process. And um, I know, well, you know, of course I dreamed with my mom like really shortly after, and that gave me a lot of peace. And it was a beautiful dream. And, you know, I have no doubt in my mind, um, but I just don't know how that works out. I don't know how that process is. I don't know what it looks like. I have no idea. And I, and I won't until I experience it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just sure it's like this amazing place that you just don't want to leave from, even though it's hard for me to process that you don't want to leave and be with your family again. But I guess it's that amazing. Okay, these last two questions, these are a series of questions, right? I'm gonna say, who are you? And then you're supposed to tell me who you are. And the goal is, I'm gonna ask you so many times, the goal is to go beyond yourself, right? Like if you were to say, who are you? I would say, Jared Waters, who are you? Stand-up comedian, who are you? And then keep doing, I would just keep evolving. And you stop when you stop. Got it? Okay. Or do you wanna practice? Do you think you got it? Or? Yeah, I don't know who I am. <laughs> we'll just start with the basics. Okay. Who are you? Uh, Olga Marcella. Who are you? Um, I'm just a girl. Who are you? I am a believer. Who are you? I am strong. Who are you? Um, I am happy. Who are you? I have hope. Who are you? Um, I'm a girl from Honduras. Who are you? I love to eat. Who are you? <laughs> um, I like to laugh. And this is our last question. If someone came, right, and someone had a book, and they're writing the Olga Marciela story. Marcella. Right? Mm -hmm. Marcella, excuse me. Marcella. I always put mm -hmm. like extra Spanish words. In no, stuff. that's good. You said it perfect. Marcel, if someone's writing your story, right? And someone had a book and they said, this is the Olga story. What would you want them to say about you? Um, I would want them to say that I gave them something positive. Like they, they took away, you know, like whatever interaction I had with them whether it was brief or long or whatever, like that they took away like something positive that they could use in their life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Olga. Do you have a special where people can find you at? Do you have anything that you want the people to follow? Anything else? Website, anything? <laughs> no, not at the time. Well, I get mean, a book when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on my book. So when it comes out, be sure to buy it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Waters. This is One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, review. And these another marvelous episode for another marvelous person that's had a marvelous life. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Say what up to the people. Now, this is when I see black excellence. It's Kenan Thompson. And I see this giant butt. I'm like, oh, who is that? Turns out that's Questlove. It's Dave Chappelle. 
Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and they're all sitting at the table, and I walk up to Eddie Murphy, and I was like, hey, Mr. Murphy, I just want to say you're the GOAT, man. You're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.